It's been disastrous. Look, I don't think we progressed from 2022. The Bulldogs have to stick with Seraldo, even if it means another two or three years of poor results. I felt like we lacked leadership on the field. The leader needs to be someone in the forward pack. Was the problem of 2023 a personnel problem or an attitude problem? I'd say it's be a personnel. You're going to need seasoned professionals there. With the NRL season over for 2023, it's time for us to take stock of how the Canterbury Bulldogs season actually went. We had a rookie coach, we had many debutants, we had numerous injuries, we had attitude problems, we, had, we came third last in the ladder. But is this season a complete and abject failure? There are many pieces of the puzzle that make up the season that was 2023. Today, what we plan on doing is diving a little bit deeper into those to give an overall review of the season and how we at the kennel saw the season shaping out. And with me today, as ever, is my trusty co-host Dibbo to help me go through all the details and to help keep me honest. But before I introduce Dibbo, what I would like to do is ask you guys to subscribe uh, and like the video. This really helps us. We've got a lot of content coming out and we're continuously growing. We thank you all for your support, but a little bit more will really, really go a long way. And with that, I'd like to welcome Dibbo. Dibbo, how did you go? Oh, mate, uh, good start well, actually, to the Did I say, how'd you go? I mean, how are you going? That's probably a better question. Yeah, look, um, we thought we'd have a little rest on the footy season, but then the internationals have rolled around. Oh, well, there were great games on the weekend as well. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, they were okay. I wouldn't say great, but they were okay. I mean, if it was rugby union, they were great, but the rugby league games were a bit ordinary. I mean, look, some of those games, I mean, Samoa didn't do too badly against Australia. Like, yeah. that's a packed Australian team. I mean, there's, there's another controversy there. It's the whole eligibility rules. Yeah, I agree, know, I agree. It's good what Mal's come out and said, choose from the start. No, It's just odd. Last year, um, Tabuai Fido was playing for Samoa in the World Cup. And he's and then on and now he's playing for Australia. Yeah. Whereas um, Tuolangi was playing for Australia in the World Cup. Now he's playing for Samoa. Yeah, like, it's interesting. What is yeah, yeah. going on there? Look, international know? rugby league is a bit of a bit of a bit of they a fast. Yeah, they have to fix it, but we're just not big enough as a game to really they make can't an have impact. Them swapping over from place to place, oh, bro. It doesn't I mean, really matter as long as they get to play. It doesn't really matter. Honestly, you know I, what? I they got but like every side now has got enough talent to field a few sides. Samoa's got a lot of players to choose from. Tonga, New Zealand. Pack teams, man. Australia. Australia always have a lot. Even PNG. I mean, I know they were versing Cook Island, but PNG they played could, well, man. PNG could field a few sides almost now as well. They're yeah, growing. It's, it's amazing. You know, Cook Islands, they're closing the gap. They've still got a long way to go. They're not a big population, but, you know, even Fiji's got a lot more. Yeah. I mean... Obviously, I think we could fill a whole podcast talking about international rugby league. And, you know, we, we don't really speak much about, you know, international rugby league here on this podcast. Let us know. Do you guys want us to talk a little bit more about international rugby league? Do you want us to, um, you know, discuss the games? Because we're sort of, we're NRL focused, um, but, you know, international rugby league is something we still enjoy. So if you guys do want us um, to cover international rugby league, leave a comment down below. Let us know what your thoughts are on the games and if you'd like us to um, cover them. Now... Uh, Dibbo, uh, I wanted to... Um, no. Yep, no yeah, sugar so, coating today, I'll tell you now. Look, no sugar coating, we're going to get straight to it, harsh. we're going to be very honest. Um, so, I, I mean, I want to get straight into it, right? I want to start by listing but some of the statistics uh, of the Bulldogs in 2023, just to give a level set of how the, uh, the season played out. So, we, you know, out of the 24 games that were played, we lost 17 and we won 7. Five of those wins came in the first 12 weeks. We won five of the first 12 and only two of the last uh, 15, um, which shows that there may have been a crossover point where the team 
started to go downhill. Because if you remember, we beat Melbourne in Melbourne uh, in round two. Um, you know, we were last for line breaks in the whole competition. So worse than the Tigers, worse than the Dragons, worse than the Dolphins. We were last in post-contact metres. And I think everybody's sort of agreed that we have a problem in our forwards uh, and that needs to be rectified. But just to sort of highlight how bad we were when it came to our forwards, we were last in post-contact metres. We were second last with the amount of tries only above the Tigers, which, you know, I mean, with all due respect to the Tigers, that's, you might as well be last. You know, <laughs> we might as well be last. Um, we were last in total run metres. So not only were we last in post-contact metres, we were last in total run metres. So our forwards were completely lacking uh, in that area. Uh, we were worst, we had worst for and against in the league with minus 327 points. Yep. Uh, we had the most missed tackles, and we only averaged 17.7 points a game. Was that also the worst attack? I think the second worst. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so, or actually it may have been the worst. Worst defence as well? We, oh, by far. We had the worst defence Jeez, how by did he not end up with the spoon? Uh, I mean, say spring, some of those few upsets you guys sprung out. Uh, look, I mean, if it wasn't probably for the first, you know, two wins we had against the Tigers and the and the Storm, we were very much uh, on the way um to another wooden spoon um you know what are your thoughts on the statistics i mean it just explains itself how did they not come last mm. that's the first foremost it's just frightening um yeah they got a rookie coach but they hadn't rookie players and that just means a recipe for disaster i mean none of those guys put a dent in any of the opposition and i'm referring to the rookies so was he the right man for the job that is a big no but they got a plan which is more like medium to long term. So who are you? Who you are saying was he the right man for the job? It would have had to be a hardened, seasoned, prefer long term. Co- you're talking coach. about the coach, yeah, exactly. If you're going to throw him, those sort of players ain't rookie coach, ain't going to get you anywhere, unless you're willing to stick it out with him for three or four years with no result, like next to no expectations. Mm. All right, gradual improvements every year. I mean, what were they expecting? A rookie coach of a rookie setup. Your squad was a bunch of rookies, really, if you think about yeah. it. You know, you had the odd season pro there, here and there, but just too far few in between. And it showed in the second half of the season. I think he's won two out of the last 15. Yeah, that's right. You know, like, the depth was really tested. Yeah. They were literally using half the reserve grade. The, the reserve grade suffered in return because of that. So let me let me give you a list of the plays that debuted. Right? Yeah, it's probably, it's going to be endless. Jacob Preston, Khalid Rajab. Ethan Keyward, Blake Wilson, Gerald Skelton, Carl Olawapu, Jaden Tanner, Samuel Hughes. That's eight players. Eight players. And now, how many? How many besides that have played like less than fifteen or twenty games? Hayes Perham, less than ten games. Yep. Declan Casey, less than ten games. Yep. Harrison Edwards, less than ten games. Kurt Moran, less than ten games. So that's literally almost a whole starting lineup. That's fifteen players. Yeah, right, 12, uh, 13 I mean. players that we used regularly, except like for the likes of like Ethan Key Ward and Jarrell Skelton. Yeah. Uh, maybe Jaden Tanner only played one game, but th- they made up, you know, a, a core of our team. Um, exactly. And that's almost half your squad. <coughs> so half the squad. It's just ridiculous. So we were never going to get results, I think, with having so many rookies, but also it's not just about having the rookies. It was, it was actually a long shot that your results were going to improve on the field with like eight rookies and about almost half a dozen other players that have played less than a dozen games. And what what I find interesting is, and this, this is sort of the question I ask you, um, Debo, before we get into the injuries, because there are a lot, but I want to ask you, last year with Trent Barrett and then Mick Potter, we only won seven games. 
and we looked like we ended the season better than we ended this season. Oh, last year we were going to get the wooden spoon, and then Potter came in, and you know we've yeah. we you know basically a coach who brings the energy and all that. Mm. And the play, and the, they went on a little winning streak there, and then even the other games they didn't end up winning. They didn't they they didn't didn't play too badly at all. They were just soundly better, not like they were comprehensively beaten. So it was just and Potter's that seasoned. Professional. He's been around a long time. You know, as a player, he's top of the notch. And as a coach, I mean, he's been there for a good stretch. Do you think that 2023 was worse than 2022? Yeah, it's... Oh, I mean, from an outsider's perspective. Look, Potter rescued 2022. Mm. Um, yeah, 2023 was worse um, because there was expectation, there's the investment in new players. But uh, a lot of players, a, a lot of shrewd... Um, and avid footy fans I observed could see there was a hole there in the playing group. Mm. And when I mean a hole, a lack of depth and a lack of experience. I'm going to get to that in a minute to talk about the personnel that we had. But I want to disagree with you about 2022 being better than 2020. Oh, yeah, make a case for it. Of course, I'm sure you won't, you won't find me really. I, don't, I won't even object because I was just sitting there thinking, weighing up, that's how bad the last two years have been. 2023 had a monumental, monumental injury list. Oh, of course. I think that needs to be taken oh, squarely into account. Yeah, but you can't just, you got to take it into fact that. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But let, let me tell you, yeah. all right, the amount of injuries we had and the number of play, uh, uh, games missed by first graders, right? By regular first graders, right? Yeah. So Luke Thompson missed 20 games this year. He's always missing. He's 20 missing. games. He's he played missing. four games this and year. And he's missing again next year. Right. And he's gone now. Exactly, right? yeah. You know, for better or worse. Raymond Fetala Mariner missed 10 games. All right. Even though when he did play, he made zero meters and a half, which I'll never forget. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he missed 10 games. Right. Zero meters. Ryan Sutton, who we bought at the beginning of the year to be a forward. 24 meters probably. Missed game. 11 games. Oh, wow. Kikau, who was the most high-profile recruit next to Reed Marnie, who was supposed to be um, the, the killer on the edge, missed 15 games. That's a lot. Right? An experienced centre that we could have had there to potentially replace Paul Alamotti with, Braden Burns, missed 16 games. That's a lot of games. And right? He, and when he played, he played well. And when he played, he did play well. Right? Fox missed nine games. That's a lot of games. Fox missed nine games. Yep. Right? They're regular first graders that would be in a lot of teams. Maybe Braden Burns, you can make the argument he wouldn't make it to many teams. And maybe Sutton. But regardless of what we had, we had a decimated forward pack. To add to that, Franklin Pelé, we bought as a forward. Right? Yep. Someone yep. we thought could make the, the barnstorming runs. Poor recruitment, yeah. Yeah, and played average maybe 10, 11 minutes yep. and only managed, I think it was six games. They didn't get the invest, return on yeah. investment because he ended up leaving. Yeah, he ended up, well, he's left now to help. They wouldn't play him either anyway, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, who was the other guy um, that we bought from Manly and then ended up going to the Eels? I forgot his name. Um, Andrew Davey. Andrew Davey. He played with us like three games I and he I left. didn't understand that selection or why either. Um so to keep in context why I'm being a little bit less harsh is because we had a monumental uh, injury list, right? I'm just slaying it on the club as a whole. I'm not making excuses no, 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 for No, th no, that's fine. But I I'm looking at, at it as a whole as that's well. That's how much right? of a failure it was. And, you know, they're not the only club that failed. But, you know, for a club that sets lofty standards and have a history of performing, um, it's been disastrous on the playing recruitment front, 
on the coaching staff front, um, just gone awry for them, really. I mean, even the coaching methods or the training methods, rather. Hang on a second. I, 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 I disagree with that quite yeah. um, strongly because I think... <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> but he's baited me, but I have to take the bait. Yeah, go for it, um, I don't actually... I don't think that what's come out of, and I want to get to this a little bit later as well because I've got the the, the discussion about personal versus attitude. But but if, I don't, if it had the flow on effect as well, which no, you no, will on. get to. But I, I don't want to I don't want to um, uh, blame Seraldo for having training methods that are too tough, right? Firstly, because a lot of the ex players, a lot of current players have come out and said, "No, hang on a second, we actually support what Seraldo is doing. We've been training under Seraldo in the same methods." And it works. And as we can see with the Panthers, they've now won three grand finals in a row. Yep. This is not a method that Seraldo has pulled out of his behind and said, okay, we're going to try this. Right? It's not, a, it's not an unproven method. That's my first, my first discussion point. <clears throat> my other discussion point is that... Um, oh, I waffled on for too long. I've forgotten my second discussion point. <laughs> it's really... It's the wheels are falling off, guys. <laughs> it's going wrong for Canterbury. You've got that same coach next year. Um, um, I just want to point out that, um, you know, what works for Penrith works for Penrith might not necessarily work for Canterbury. They were actually way off the mark in terms of fitness this year. Were they training too hard and then just... And getting injuries. Uh, that's, see, that that I think is a different discussion. Though. And then it's like you didn't have an isolated incident, but you had like a few players um, were disgruntled and then they went to the media with it, you know. It's not like they had one player and more than... Uh, they had quite a few, actually, you know, so... Yeah, but it only takes one bad apple to ruin the whole lot. We'll find out anyway in the long run. Um, I just want to point out, um, you know, parents seem to have, a, over the years, have a, a glorified assistance. I mean, the only man that's stuck there and still there is Ivan Cleary, and he's still getting the results. Yeah, well, um, he's proving I what know, a great I'm just coach he's. I'm the other picture, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and um, sugarcoat anything. Um, the coaching staff and the uh, management of the club is. Um, to be held accountable. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the off-season. Have they made any changes to the coaching staff? They have, yeah. And yes. the management? So reports have come out that they're, uh, they've recruited Jason Taylor to be one of the assistants for Good. Cameron Seraldo. Uh, Mick Potter's going to stay there as an assistant coach while he coaches the New South Wales Cup. The, the only thing is there, it's a clash of personalities. Um, Jason Taylor in the past has clashed uh, with players and management at a few different clubs. So it'll be interesting to see... I mean, how it goes with the players at Canterbury. Has he grown as a man to deal with player management? He's been out of the limelight and hasn't sort of been uh, in and amongst it for a very long time and has been very successful with the North Sydney Bears. Yeah, that's all right. Um, That's reserve grade. Um, It's just interesting to see. I think Taylor replaced Potter at West Tigers. Did they replace? I think it was, yeah. Was was, Was it Taylor or Cleary? One of the one of, I think it was maybe Taylor. I don't think Taylor did a bad job there either. yeah. I think Taylor, Jason Taylor is more. I think he's more set. He's more. What's the word for organised? Look, I, I look. I understand what you're saying about the assistant coaches and Jason Taylor, but I actually think it all comes down to Seraldo. Seraldo has, if you you know, you speak to the the leadership in the Bulldogs. I, right? I still reckon. Other Jason. than Raymond Fatala Mariner, everyone supported uh, Seraldo quite clearly, quite evidently, uh, and and he's got the buy-in from the players moving forward. I would like to think, because we haven't heard anything since. It'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see Jason Taylor. 
um, in assistant roster. I reckon he still harbors a head coaching role. And I was just starting to think, would he, you know, try to be the more dominant one when dealing with the players? Would the players see him as the more as the alpha male, you know, or trying to be the alpha male in the room completely? Well, I mean, I don't think Seraldo will allow that to happen. Seraldo knows that he's in charge and he's trying yep. to prove that he's in charge. So I think that's the first thing. That the other argument against um, against you know blaming Seraldo for this coaching methodology is that I feel like Seraldo is the first coach we've had in a very long time that's come in with a long term vision, he's, not trying to achieve quick success. He's got the backing of the board, the black, backing of the general general manager of football, and he's trying. And, and this is why I don't think it's it's an overall failure this year, because sure we're in the very beginning of a very long rebuild. That's the first thing. The second thing is why it's not a failure is because he is now rooting out the bad elements that have been around in the club for a very long time. He's making his mark and he's not taking a backward step. Not once did he apologise for tough training methods. Not once did he say, I, I'm sorry for what happened. I just he's th- come out and been very, very vocal about supporting the way he's training and Reid Miney has come out and supported it. Matt Byrne has come out and supported it. Kikau supported it. You know, previous players that, that were coached under Seraldo have supported him. So, you know, I, 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 are, they, I, are they falling to an abyss like the West Tigers? I would I would like to say that I don't think they're falling into the abyss like the West Tigers. I think that that what shaped up to be a very miserable 2023 had so many differing factors, right? Now, now, we had a massive turnover last year. Was, the, was the recruitment wrong? Yes. Okay. I, I 100% agree that not only was the recruitment wrong, but Seraldo this year not only didn't have good enough plays to to achieve anything but he also had a lot of rookies that he needs to build right and i think i think you've you've got to you've got to identify half those rookies maybe more probably won't even have a long rugby league career if i have to be harsh about it i mean i know they've debuted for canary but injuries played that role for them to debut so i want to be really reliant on them i know they're better for the experience okay so of the of the of the uh, the de- yep. the debutants, right? Jacob Preston. I'm not. Yeah, okay. He's one that cuts the. He's right. from a different cloth. Blake yeah. Wilson. We'll see how Blake goes. A lot of there's abundance of backs out there. There are abundance of backs, but he's a good, fast. He might cut winging finisher, yep. right? And you saw with the right ball, he has speed. He has determination. Still young. Still has a lot of. Does, in- he, does he have a high work rate? That's what they he want. Has a very want, high work rate. They want a mold in the Brian Tao. Averaging 140, 150 metres in his first, what they first want, year. at least. Right? Don't forget that he, how far he brought Jacob Keras along. Yep. Right? Let, let's be honest, right? Jacob Keras was playing busted for maybe half the season. But ja- Jacob, yeah, fair enough. Keras is one that will, you know, as long as he stays fit. Um, he's got a high work rate. We all know that. He's in the Brian Dahl mode. Except for now he's playing in the centres. Even Carlo Loapu, for the time that he did play, he put on some massive hits and he showed a lot of potential. Yep. Right, and, and you look at him playing. Um, you know, he would have played for Samoa uh, if he wasn't injured, but he's made the he's taken uh, some time off to fix some some injuries that he's got. Yep. So, and, and then don't forget, you know, ha- Harrison Edwards. I thought came a long way this season under the tutelage of uh, Cameron Seraldo. Um, I think that even Kurt Morin, right, showed that vigor, showed the ticker, showed just how good he can be coming off the bench as an impact player uh, under the tutelage of Seraldo, right? And and, and um, it, it, I don't think he could be t- – you can't really – like even Khaled Rajab, sure he had that one bad game in New- against Newcastle, but he showed a lot of potential, right? He showed a lot of potential. Um, so 
you know, it, it's it's important to to, to not forget uh, the rookies and how far they came under the tutelage of of Cameron Sorrell, I mean, oh, we forgot Paul Alamotti debuted as well. Yeah, under he's gone, under isn't he? he's gone to the Panthers. Already, he's one of the ones that I don't think maybe progressed as much as as, as we had hoped. Yeah, um, which you know was which was a bit of a shame, but you know, just going back, I I just feel like this season was was a failure but there are a lot of positives to come out of it right Seraldo is now starting to make some of those decisions around recruitment Seraldo is now starting to make some of the decisions around training and around organization right there's only so much you can do in three to four months sort of in the preseason with you know a team that if you look at TPJ for example his comments after leaving rugby league it just seemed like he really didn't want to be there right and I think that would have held the team back Quite a bit, you know, have, not having Luke Thompson, Viliami kick out. I know we can go back to all this stuff, but there were problems as well as someone like Raymond Fatala Mariner um, complaining to the coach about, you know, uh, training being difficult. Another player not happy with the type of, you know, uh, punishment that they were serving, even though, you know. Where is Jackson Torbini now? So they haven't really. Are they going to release him? What's the go there? So there hasn't really been any information about um, what's happening there. He did. It, there were um, reports coming out that he was going to sue the club, but you know we yet to see uh, if. That's if the first time I heard that. Wow. Oh yeah, there were definitely reports about him wanting to sue the club. So we yet to see that. But just going over a lot of the different things that that you know happened throughout the season. Look, I don't think we we progressed from twenty twenty two, but I think overall, if you look at the the long term, right. I think we're taking the right steps forward. Now, this is the question, or this is my thoughts on moving forward, right? The Bulldogs have to stick with Seraldo, even if it means another two or three years of poor results. We have to stick with Cameron Seraldo. I think if you look at Adam O'Brien, if you look at even in other sports, it, you're starting. it's starting to show, right, that a lot of teams, you know, even Arteta at Arsenal and things like that, you're starting to see that... Coaches that come into a new team, they need some time to settle. They need some time to build the identity of the club. They need some time to really get acquainted with their players and build the team that they believe they need to achieve success, right? Adam O'Brien at the Knights, I think, you know, it took him some time, but he sort of struck the right... I don't think they'll emulate it next year, Newcastle. Look, no, no, I'm not there to argue that. I'm there to argue success of a coach and and a coach needing time. Right, not everybody's yep. your, you know. Even Wayne Bennett was, you know, wasn't very successful immediately, right? Wayne, he's probably one of the few. Craig Bellamy, right? How many Craig Bellamy's are there? If you look at it, um, so it's about thinking. If we're going to keep chopping and changing, we're going to rebuild after rebuild after rebuild after rebuild. And I think with Gus Gould there, look, I don't agree with everything that Gus Gould. In fact, I probably disagree with a lot of what he does. But he's a smart rugby league administrator and there's no one better to have by your side than Gus Gould when you're rebuilding a club, right? The Panthers have won three in a row. I'm not saying that's because of Gus Gould, but that's not in spite of him. Yes. Right, he still had a big part to play in of that. Of course, he relates the foundations for a lot of things there. Yeah. I mean, he did stuff up by getting rid of Ivan Cleary and then bringing him back. So obviously, Gus Gould... Or he allowed for him to come back. It's true, but Gus Gould still needs to have his boundaries. And I think Seraldo needs to also be be very clear on who's in charge. You can't let Phil Gould be in charge, but you need. To, but having Phil Gould there is positive, not a negative. He brings far more positive than he does bring negative, right? That needs to be clear. So I think we're heading in the right direction. Look... The players that we're going to bring on for next year, 
you know, the rumours of um, Kurtman, Drew Hutchison, uh, Takayaho. I think they're confirmed now, aren't they? Uh, well, the club hasn't come out with an, any on, uh, official oh, press releases yet. But, uh, I mean, it, it's becoming more and more evident that they're going to come to the club. There's a couple of other players that are rumoured to be coming to the Bulldogs that uh, I, I don't want to talk about here just because there's, there's not, not even the journalists have started speaking about it. Oh, yeah. Um, we know what copycats they are. They yeah, try to so, claim it as their own. Yeah, so, you know, some of those, uh, some of these are happening and they're very left-field signings, which I think will strengthen and bolster the forward pack and help us achieve a little bit better next year. Um, so that's why I think we're moving in the right direction, right? Barring an incredible uh, a miracle where we have the similar amount of uh, injuries next year, we must and we will improve. I think the other thing that, that needs to be noted is that Toby Sexton will have more time to play in that number seven role. Is he our number seven moving forward? My opinion is I think he needs to be given time to earn it. He has all the skill and he has the required assets to be a successful number seven. What do you think? Um, I think you guys can get a better halfback. I think if some one of them came on the market... I don't think um, he will lead you to premiership glory. I mean, I'm she does give it a dig every game. He's 22. Yeah, I just don't think I've seen. Yeah, he's only 22, but I mean, it's it's unfair if you don't give him a chance. So I, I think he definitely has all the the, the potential in the world to yep. be not only a great halfback, but a, 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 a you know a winning halfback. It's just about. How does he gel with the team? It's just, I don't know, it's odd because uh, he was down the pecking order at Gold Coast. I mean, he was unwanted by um, Holbrook. But then Des has come in and, you know. I I strongly believe that if if Sexton was still at the the Titans, I think Des would have used him as his half. Instead of um, Tanner Boyd. Yeah. They were sitting in the eight, I think, when... um, when the coach got the sack, so yeah, it's it's. And then it's, I think Tanner Boyd got injured, which then <laughs> yeah, exacerbated there. Yeah, it was very bad timing. But I do believe um, that Sexton would have been used by Des Hasler, and I think he would have gotten a lot out of him too, because um, you don't need your halfback to be incredible when you have the likes of Burden, Marnie, Crichton, Kickow, uh, you know, Kiraz, you know, Fox. You just need him to play that role where he can. Just make the the tough calls, right, yep. and get the ball to where it needs to be. And that's really like a, from a halfback's perspective. If he's great, good. But if he can just do the basics, right, he that goes a long on. way. He uh, might you know, kick on, yeah. and, and who knows how he develops. Um, you know, <clears throat> the other thing that I think was a big problem this year that contributed to our failure was I felt like we lacked leadership on the field. You know, tough for me to say whether a burden and I don't even know who your captain was, and I still don't know. But that, but that's that's sort of the crux of the problem. We don't, we didn't have that strong leadership on the field. Like, sure, Marnie, you know, tries his absolute heart out, as does Burden. But I, you know, the, are they the leaders that the Bulldogs need? I don't, I, I don't know. Um, and it's tough for me to make that call. But we lack that genuine spiritual leader. Like, you need a leader in the four. I know. Look, for me, Josh Adokar felt like it was the leader, but he's out on the wing. Yeah, it's hard to really it's hard make a difference. It's hard to really manage, you know, and like half the time he's screaming out from the sides, you know. I think your captain needs to be, and your leader needs to be someone in the forward pack. Well, like, I mean, you would like to think that someone like Viliami Kikau 
would yeah, have been. He was out injured for last. But he was chance. out. He'd have I thought injured. Jacob Preston's could, could have probably led the team around in his first year, and it felt like. That oh, as he well. was incredible, and the team was rallying behind him. There sometimes they, it was the go-to man. I think they should have just given him the captaincy. Nah, too young to give him the captaincy. He's twenty-one. It was his first year, first grade, playing, play, having played zero games. Nathan Callas was captain Parramatta at twenty-one. Yeah, but how many games had Nathan Callas played by then? Don't forget, this year was the first year, and he debuted. And this guy seemed just as mature. I, like, I'm, I'm not against. I'm not. A, I'm not against that. Yeah, it seems like he's already a better player. He's an excellent player, and I think he will kick on to be one of one of the Bulldogs' greats. But but just yet to give him captaincy, I think is a, is an irrational call, in my opinion. Um, but that's where I think our biggest problem was is that we lacked real leadership on the field. Is Viliami Kikau the guy? Is potentially Talkayaho if he comes? Is he the guy? It's tough to say. You know, is there a younger guy that's going to come up? And be aggressive and, and be you know vi- vicious on the field in terms of you know being a forward and then be able to take the lead. I don't know. It's did just Taki I playing that grand final on the weekend. Yeah, he did. He made, ran, ran. I think made twenty something tackles, over hundred meters. Oh, he had a decent. Yeah, game. Yeah, he definitely had a decent I run. Taki at the Russo do two hundred and sixty meters and probably like thirty tackles. His yeah. his run meters were crazy. He had a, he had a good dig for sure. He had on a good Anzac Day, he'd absolutely kill it every yeah. game. Uh, he had a good dig. Um, so, you know, it's that void that Seraldo needs to figure out how to fill, right? Um, because right now, you know, our forward stocks are looking quite thin. Like, we've got Liam Knight, we've got well, Max King, if Sam... If Takiaho's fit, um, it, looks, it looks a lot better. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But we still need to bolster you that forward pack. You didn't sign any... Not well, really. He's lost Thompson, who has started string games together. Alex Twal has re-signed with the oh, Tigers. That's probably better for you guys. Um, like the one I could have saw a scene potentially coming to the doggies was maybe Sean Kepi from Manly, but apparently yeah. he's signed with the Rabbitohs. Um, so I'm not sure what the situation is there. Why we're not signing them? Room in their cap, like they seem to upgrade their other players and then somehow sign these. Yeah, players. look again. I don't, I'm just yeah, I don't understand. But I mean, the Bulldogs seem to have you know with the loss of Thompson. Um, and TPJ should have at least two, two and a half million dollars in the cap easily. Yeah, they should have a decent amount of money. You're right. To sign two or three market players, um, yeah. is you know, and that that's without even considering, uh, you know, the signing of Crichton, Jamin Salmon, Blake Taff, um, and then if we sign Talke Aho, Kurt Mann, and um, Drew Hutchison, you know, it, it's looking a little bit better, but I'm still worried that our forwards are going to be too thin. Way too thin. Like we don't have the depth in depth in the forwards that we need, and that's because if you look at what our problem was, is we didn't have a top thirty. We had a top fifteen, right? Everything else was made up of rookies. Had like a half a squad. You're right. We had half a squad really, and with the HIA protocols, with um, the crackdown on the on the hip drop and that, everything was it was uh, sort of it was it was a beautiful conspiracy or a beautiful storm of failure for the Bulldogs, which is why like I'm I, I understand. Why uh, Serrado and Gould are sort of going after and trying to sign a lot of these guys that can fill multiple roles because they're trying to build out potentially a top 30 as opposed yep. to a top 17. And I, I'm 100% on the board with that because we need experience. That's what I think we need. Um, now, wh- one thing I want to discuss about 2023 is this question that I've had for a while that I've been thinking about. Was the problem in 2023, and, and sort of it's a beautiful segue, we're talking about our top, seven, fifth, top 17 versus top 30, and then we go into this discussion about attitude versus personnel. Was the problem of 2023 a personnel problem or an attitude problem? I'd say it's be a personnel to begin with. 
I mean, more than an attitude. You don't have the personnel there, so... I mean, per- what what positives are even going to come out of it to begin with? Like, how's that going to uplift the attitude all around them? If you're already, I mean, you're already outgunned in the in the uh, what's he called in the whole personnel stakes, like the troop stakes. You're going to turn around and say, you're going to look around and, you, for example, you're going to have um, fighting on one side. You're going to have the American army, and then you're going to look on the other side. You're going to have the East Timorese army in terms of talent and all that. Of course, you're not going to have the attitude afterwards if you're the East Timorese Army, which in this case is Canterbury. So what you're saying is the lack of great personnel uh, created very low morale and thus contributed to of the course. poor attitude. Of course. You're going to need leaders. You're going to need... That's a great point. You know, you're going to need seasoned professionals there, proven players. You're mm. going to need, like, you're going to walk in and think, you know, from management, coach, coaches, the players... You're going to need basically, you know... Warriors. Yeah. Absolute warriors to be by, by your side. And you say so you think... You that had some has-beens there. No, I'm not saying you had a few. Like, for example, he's had Andrew, David, Ryan Sutton start there. Josh the Reynolds. Year. Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know. Um, no disrespect. These guys are first graders. But I'm just uh, giving in the terms of compared to other clubs. Mm. Because it's so competitive out there. Oh, Canterbury's going to recruitment drive. Do you honestly think there's... N- 10 other teams that don't have the same amount of cap in their space in their cap. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I'll find you four or five straight away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even throw the roosters in there because they got the endless salary cap. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> there's like, there's other sides that generally got the same amount of cap space Canterbury have. It's so competitive. Because, look, I, I agree with you, but I, like, why you, I'm asking. You're going to need the personnel to attract other players. What, why I'm asking, why I'm, what I'm asking is. If you look at the Knights, for example, when we lost to them 66-0, we were almost on even footing in terms of competition points. Yeah. They went on to come sixth. We went on to come third last. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, that was a disaster. Right. If you look at the difference between us and them, it was all about attitude. They've got a better playing group, but much better squad. Look how stacked their forward pack is. I mean, they have Kalen Ponga, right? They have Kalen Ponga. They have... Uh, Other than that, they've got a pretty shit spine. I was just reiterating Willie Mason. Yeah, but they do, no, they, they do right? <laughs> they do have a shit spine. The only place that they beat us is... Go, Willie. They're forwards with the Ho- Saifidi brothers. Hopefully Tyson right? Gamble's watching But if you look at their yeah. nine, if you look at their nine, they had an unproven nine. We have a proven nine. Like, like even their, you know, their, their fullback was better than ours, obviously, because they had Kalen Ponga. We had Hayes Perham. Um, but but then non non contest no contest. Yeah. But then overall, like Leo Thompson, up until this year, really wasn't a proven forward. But because they got the only the only yeah. second role that they had, like they had, for example, Fitzgibbon, who was okay, and, and the Tyson Frizzell. Yeah, but Fitzgibbon's a like you know he will fit in on basically even in our also. I'm not saying he's a starter, but he's he's very good. He's who's on the. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah, but they got Frizzell. But then you had the Saifidi twins as well. Yeah, the Saifidi twins and Leo Thompson. And then you had. Um, Jeez, I don't even know their names, but if you bring up the squad, I'll just point out the players. Like you go, okay, I see they got a really solid forward pack, but but nothing that inc- that's infinitely better than the Bulldogs. But like like they won they went on to win what eight t- ten games in a row. But they had a much better squad overall in terms of depth. But see, their, their seven was injured for a majority of that run, right? In Canterbury, no, I mean sorry, Knights, um, Knights, Hastings, yeah, Hastings. They had Adam Clune there, who's a fringe first grader, yeah, but the, the, in that team. Uh, as I pointed out earlier, Callum Ponga, he plays fullback and he controls the No, no, the I'm halves. with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm saying That's that. That's what I'm saying. Without him, that is shit spine. I'm saying he's, he's a big part of why they did well. Massive part, right? They got he a won shit the, spine. He won the Daly M. Without right? him, they got a shit spine, yeah. But, 
again, it really doesn't, wasn't wrong. It doesn't change the fact that they their wins were all attitude. It wasn't because they weren't performing very well before. They were just as bad as we were almost. That was just weird. It's like they needed a, a awakening because they got the twin bombers on the wings in um, uh, Maju and um, the big Brit. What's his name? Dominic Young. Yeah, like they just like you had. Bash brother of whatever wrecker one and wrecker two, you know, they had the wreckers from. Yeah, but our backline wasn't that and bad. And then you had Bradman Best, who somehow wasn't getting early ball, and then all of a sudden went from not getting early ball to getting early ball. What was? The, but that's my point. What was the difference? It was attitude. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that, that somewhere along the line, before we played the night and got absolutely demolished, sixty-six but nil. They got players of potential. You know, so do the Bulldogs. Not of this. And, uh, you know, I'll stick by it. Not of their um, uh, potential. Not I mean, of their... Basically. Where we lacked was the forwards. But even then, right, we had injuries. So but Their forwards are big boppers, like, you know. Bro, are you telling me TPJ isn't a, was, couldn't have been a great forward? Well, you didn't show it, unfortunately. No, that's my point. But that's what I'm getting to. You're actually, I'm saying that it was all about attitude. Something there was rotten. There was, And that's th the problem. There was the rotten... If um, we had better attitude... Recruitment. Can, hang on. If we rocked up, yeah. if the same players that we had in 2023, yeah. right? Let's say, for argument's sake, right? We didn't have as many injuries. It's like half the injuries, right? And they shut up with the same attitude that the Newcastle Knights did for the last 10 rounds. Do we win all those games? I think we win at least some... Your, your, your recruitment was rotten. Um, I'll t <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I'm being... No, hard. no, it's fair. But uh, TPJ, like, he pulled the plug on you guys, so that goes under the rotten recruitment. A pointless waste of money. Um, With know, all due respect to TPJ... No, no, because he chose to do his own thing, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being harsh on TPJ. No, in, I'm terms not of, in terms of Canterbury having players being there for the long term, it was a rotten recruitment. I'm with you, I'm with you, and I'm not, a, I'm not attacking and TPJ, was, but I'm saying for I the Bulldogs, him, right, it was a waste. He, he was hot and cold. For, for the dogs And you know There's no denying that And then you had Or at this stage We're just talking short term We're not talking long yeah. term But Kikau looked like A rotten recruitment Because he was missing Most of the year But it's the injury That he can't control Oh no I'm just saying For short term I'm just giving you Yeah, you know, yeah. For basing off this no, but season you can't, you can't make those Recruitment calls On a short term basis I, I'm just saying For this year you want, yeah. Do you want to say TPJ was a bad Recruitment call I agree Pele bad recruitment call Yes Sutton yes Davey yes but Viliami Kikau... Kikau, obviously, I'm just basing him off this year. Like, I'm not going to say... Because I was saying long-term, we don't know. Because he's, he's, he's a gun. He's won two he's premierships. He's incredible. You know, he's one of the best second rows in the game. He's hard to stop. But just off this year, let them down. You know, obviously, it's not in his control um, what happened. Um, but, yeah, like you just pointed out the others. Uh, there were five or six spots that you probably could have went out and got players such as, I think... Um, who came? Who was uh, Manuk? Uh, what's his name? Niakora. You probably could have went for him. He went to the Warriors. Yeah, but I think he wanted to go back home. Oh, okay. But either way, I, I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing that the recruitment was poor, but I am also saying that with the team that we had, we should have done much better. And, and North Queensland Cowboys, another team. They got a, they got an abundance of second rowers. We should I'm have sure done have better. Money to entice we should have done better with the players that we had. The 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 review that I'm bringing forward is that our results were unacceptable. But who were your starting second rowers? Who who would they have been? Preston and Kickout. All right, and then who's to back them up? Uh, we had Corey Waddell. Yeah. Who I thought. You know, for not being not flash, he was okay. He's not going to compete with most of the other. No, but sides. he was, but he did well. He covered that, that's well. That's where he's a lacking. See, and then we had Curtis Moran, uh, Harrison he's had Edwards. Half, he's had half, 
He's had a half a squad. We honestly. didn't have a full squad. But He's had half a squad, but, literally. But every team has these problems. Every team bloods rookies. We had to blood a lot more, admittedly, but it's still it's unacceptable, the results that and, we have. And, and half of those won't see more than 20 or 30 first-grade games. I, I mean, don't think. we have some good names there, man. Good names there that have played in the National Rugby League, which, you know, doesn't say much, but, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just – I want to point out that, you know – in 2023, despite the issues, we if our attitude wasn't so poor and players weren't having a whinge about the training and just sucked it up and pushed hard, I actually think we would not have declined so badly. All right, um, next year I can see like all right, next year I can see he's recruited decently in the back line. He's get Crichton, he's get Taff. I think they're two most significant recruitments. Who have he's got in the forward pack besides? All right, Liam Knight came this year in Takiaho. Have he's got anything? Anyone else? Not really. He's Max still, King. And that's what I meant. He's a lucky. And then he's lost Thompson. So he's a still, and I kept stressing on it, he's a, you need two or three more front rowers, I feel. Absolutely. Oh, and know, I think next year that will show as well that if the attitude's better. I, I still think he's will get some sort of improvement. Um, but it's just like, what's 15th to 13th or four, you know? Well, to be honest, it's not just about the, the you know, the, the spot on the ladder. It's also about how are you losing? Are you losing by big margins? Are you, are you competitive? Competing? Right? Are you showing potential? Like, if we got, if we came 15th this year, but we, we, all our games are by two or four, we showed real competitiveness and attitude throughout the whole year. Yep. No one would, no one would be upset with that. But it was the decline. Like, in the last eight games, we had 360 odd points scored against us. Jeez. That's an attitude problem, bro. That, you can't tell me that's, also, that's a personal that's problem. That's also a squad problem as well. But but squad I mean, we, even with uh, Kikau and so Thompson back, all. he's got the personnel and he's got the attitude. It was just it yeah. was a double whammy. So it was, it was both, not just it was one. Both, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I mean, we sort of I, I want to just speak about a positive. Um, one topic that I think is very controversial for people, but they don't really understand it, is the question of is. Matt Burton, a 5'8". Right? Now, here's the one stat that I think proves he is a 5'8". I think he'd be gunning the sentence. But anyway, let's hear you. 16 try assists behind a very, very poor pack with so many injuries. But he's one of them. He's pretty much their main playmaker. Of course, he's going to have those stats. That, that, what, what do you mean by that, though? <laughs> Just like if you threw... Think. No, no, but if you, yeah, threw, a fi- if you threw a centre... That is an out-and-out centre that can't play 5 Hang on. Yeah. They can't play 5-8. He wouldn't get a 16 try assist. You know your halfbacks that he's had this year combined? How many assists did they have? I'm not sure. Because I, I know that Burden played halfback for a while. Flanagan oh, had a few yeah. try assists. You know, Sexton has it. So yeah. my, my point is did that... Did anyone else play halfback? Kyle Rajab. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had um, a few. Yeah, so it's like, you know... So it's 16. Yeah. Not bad. For, for for such a like disrupted season, moving positions and having to do so much of the hard, tough stuff like But all the all the play goes through him pretty much. He's your dominant playmaker. Wouldn't you expect him to have like 30? We were only averaging 17 points a game. Dear OD. So, you know, for him to have that many drives, you know, it's um do you know what I'm coming from? Like it's, it's it's you've got to give Burton the ability to prove himself yeah. in that position. I just think because I've seen him play center, he's just everyone's seen him play center, bro. Everyone's seen him play center. We know how good he is in the centers. So but, gun, but he's also a gun at five eight. He's a gun center. He, his kicking game has come a long way. He just doesn't have the personnel around him or the attitude around him to to you know. There were so many times where he would kick, and get a ball, or try to throw a pass, and the, you know they they just weren't there for it. Um, you know, you look at like how many tries he he set up for the fox because the fox is there for it with with the speed and the energy. You know, it comes yeah, off. Fox, fox makes anyone look good. 
Um, but but what what Burden does to make uh, to to set up those tries is not easy either. You can't take that away from Burden. Yeah, the the, the timing, the the you know, everything about the kicks. Uh. We'll, we'll know next year. I think Elmo will stop pulling off excuses by next year. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, I feel like doing a "Where Are They Now?" segment <laughs> and dropping Lachlan Lewis. Where is he? <laughs> I don't know, man. Jeez. Look, I want to end off with a positive. Um, for the season uh, of 2023. Yep. The first one being Jacob Preston. This guy um, was the shining light of 2023. He's won all the awards. Um, you know, should have been Rookie of the Year, in my opinion, for the NRL. You know, um, he played 20 games. He was off with suspension and a couple with injury. You know, 10 line breaks, average run meters, 94 meters, 38 average tackles a game, right? 96% tackle efficiency for the guy for a guy playing in his first year. That is astounding, um, and I think he's only going to get better. Yep. That's my opinion. Um, another one that I thought came along on, uh, came uh, a long way was Jacob Kiraz. I thought he showed some great signs for us first half of the season when he wasn't playing busted, and I think he's going to go back to being incredible when he gets to back to full fitness. Gerald Skelton, I thought for the, for the two or three games that he played, showed immense potential, and Blake Wilson. Um, none of them are forwards, admittedly, and forwards is where we're lacking, but... And we'll cover this off in our in our 2024 preview uh, when we get around to doing that. Um, but I have some ideas on what the game, what the season's going to look like. Yep. Um, and that's something that will come in the next couple of weeks. Um, with that, I think we've come to the end of our 2023 um, season review. Yep. Was there anything you wanted to add before we? Uh, well, what are, what are we expecting the dogs to go next year, or is that in the preview? Uh, that'll be in the preview, but spoiler, we're going to be top eight. All right. <laughs> um, what about review from the fans' point of view? And yeah, so I was going to say um, this is just our opinion, something that we've we've cobbled together. Please um, comment on things, respond, give us your opinions. You know, uh, attack our poor opinions, like our um, right opinions, share this podcast with your friends. Um, you know, we uh, we. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Be sure to like us on Instagram, you know, and, and give us your thoughts on everything that we share. You know, we're, we're on Twitter as well, where you can communicate with us directly. Um, you know, we, we'd really love to hear your thoughts about how you think we went. If you have made it to the deep end, love to thank you again for all your support. Um, you know, whoever you're supporting the Pacific Championship, uh, best of luck to your team. Uh, and you know, let us know what you guys are doing in the off season. How are you got what, what sport are you following in the off season? And also, let us know in the comments. Um, are you guys avid cricket watchers? We love our cricket as well. Are you guys watching the Rugby Union World Cup? Um, leave all those down below in the comments, and uh, we we we'll definitely uh, love to communicate uh, about them in a little bit more. Anything else, Dibo? No, that will do. Thank you so much. If you joined us, be sure to like, subscribe, and we hope to catch you again next week. Thank you very much. Adios.